South Africa is alive with possibilities. I mean, who would have imagined a former president in jail? A sitting president sleeping on cash, literally. A cabinet minister visiting a common prisoner in jail. Or even the post office operating, even when they have nothing to do. Can you confirm that delivery performances drop? Welcome to the new Sowetan Live podcast called Taking the Rams by the Horns with me, Rams Mabote. Each week, I will be taking a lighter look at very serious topics that half the time drive you up the wall. This podcast will use humor to take no prisoners, have no holy cows, and cook a whole lot of sacrificial lambs. Hello and welcome to my podcast, Taking the Rams by the Horns in partnership with Sowetin Live. My name is Rems Mabote. Every once in a while, a journalist will be faced with a nightmare interview or guest. We all can tell you our horror stories. It was in 1997-98 when I was on Kaya FM. On our show, The Closing Comment, my co-host Colin Khari and I were about to interview Mangosutu Butelezi, then president of the IFP. In truth, he's still president of the party. We all know that, right? Well, in our introduction, we referred to him as Chief Butelezi not knowing that he had walked the Damascus Road and did not like the title anymore. After the introduction, Butelezi berated us on calling him chief and reminded us that his new and rightful title was Ingos. He went on to give us a lecture, which he is wont to do at the slightest provocation. And when he was done, boom, he dropped the mic. Literally. He walked out, and the interview never happened. This memory came to mind last Wednesday when I watched the ill-fated interview between outgoing UCT Vice-Chancellor Professor Momokheti Paking and TV host Dr. J.J. Tavani on the latter show Power to Truth on ENCA. The story went trending for two full days, not so much for the bombshells that Paking revealed, but for something else. Disclaimer, I asked JJ to join me to talk about this today. He could not. He has a doctor's appointment. I can't blame him. He's probably still dealing with the trauma of that acervic attack from Parquet. Now, in fairness, he told me it's an annual medical, but still, it was tough. I did not try to invite Parquet. If she could call JJ a fellow decorated academic, a buffoon. Imagine what she would call me. And my ego would never recover if she told me that she was advised to speak to Annika Lassen ahead of me. So I gave her a pass. <laughs> and that name, Annika Lassen, makes a return again. Yeah, you know, she's getting them all. So I decided to go on a monologue, that which JJ would call a rant. I'm going to try hard not to rent. After all, I would not want to out JJ, JJ. But one thing must be clear. I like parking. A lot. I mean, I am a fan. This is a woman who has 
made academia so fancy and fabulous. She calls herself Fab Academic on social media. She has democratized UCT. She has made it accessible to the black child. I love this woman. And I think she can tell the world that I like her. She knows that. And JJ is a good friend. I'm sure he can attest to that too. Some of my best friends are professors. Let's recap. Pakyang has parted ways with UCT reportedly on a 12 million rand golden handshake. JJ hosted her to talk about the good, the bad and the ugly of her stay at the university. And for her to share with him, with his viewers rather, what in her own words the media have not been telling us. Make no mistake. I mean, make no mistake. This was not a confrontational interview in the normal way that the interviews happen on this show. In fact, JJ used this platform to give parking all the time and leeway to state her case and shine. It was almost like a right of reply to all the criticism she's been facing. Prof, thank you for flying all the way from Cape Town to come and be with us. Thank you, JJ. Flying me over to be here with you today. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, I know that you you have not had uh, you know too much interaction with the media in terms of the running commentary. There's been many many stories and so on. You finish your five years. Before we get into what is happening now, I mean, what, how would you characterize those five years? If you had to give me two or three big things that you say, I've achieved these things, right? Uh, within the context of UCT, what would those be? You know, I think the first one would be fundraising. You know, people don't talk much about how much we have achieved in fundraising. Mm. Just in the year 2022, we raised more than 420 million rands. Mm. That's more than we've raised in any other year since since I took office. Fundraising was not at that level. Mm. But not only that, I mean, we, we, we've also unlocked other sources that will that will put us in good stead yeah. in the future, not only for yeah. this year, and and um, even now we keep we, we continue to grow that area. So fundraising has been very successful mm. internationally, and I'm grateful to UCT alumnus and also alumni and also a lot of people who jumped onto the bandwagon of giving when I became vice chancellor, uh, and they've been very explicit about that. The second thing is transformation. Uh, many people do not know that when I took office, uh, there were only two deans in office. Mm. Uh, the rest were acting because the rest of them had resigned. And one uh, lost his life. Uh, we lost him tw my 27th day in office. Mm. And so all the deans who are in office right now, except for one, the, the, this eighth one, yeah. um, uh, I only renewed their tenure. Uh, but the rest of them were appointed uh, uh, yeah. by me. And if you look at the, 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 what they look like, yeah. it's, it's, it's the first in the university's more than 100 year history that you have a, a cohort of deans that looks like that, um, uh, where you don't have a white old, old white male, for example. Yeah. So, so that's, that's the second thing. She went on to speak about other appointments uh, of black uh, South African professionals in key positions, including the chief financial officer of the university. That's significant, guys. The CFO of a big international university is a black African person. And thanks to Professor Mamoketi Paking. There were laughs and smiles. JJ and Paking were having fun. He was throwing all sorts of lovely questions 
that which we would call sweetheart questions to her to allow her to shine, and she left it up. For the better part of the interview, even those that did not know her or doubted her because of bad press were now warming up to her. Here was a black woman that was successful, educated, affable, and seemingly likable, which came as a shock then when this interview went south. And I mean south. No one could have predicted this. Take lessons, take away. You know, this professor from Isa said to me, this lady is intellectually arrogant. Right? <laughs> and that's the trouble. And I want to, to talk about that as we round off that conversation. I'm shocked that, that you listen to only detractors. I like, listen to everybody. You, you <laughs> haven't heard anyone who says good things about me. <laughs> and you expect me to come out, out of here feeling good about myself. I mean, JJ, <laughs> you know how many people said I shouldn't come to you because yeah. you are a journalistic buffoon? Uh, <laughs> it's okay. And it's I didn't okay. tell you, but we I get that all the time. No, okay, no, let's no, take no, a break, no, no, no. Let's take a break. No, 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 but, but I want to call you to order here. Yeah. You, you cannot do that because yeah. you know that if you're a change maker, there'll be people who call you names. Yeah. I am not going to allow you to do that to me. It's the yeah. second time that you're mentioning the yeah. detractors. Do you know? How many people have written long tributes? Okay. And do you know how many people said Prof, I must talk to Anika Larson? Let's take before a, I talk to you because let's, you let's are take a, a joke. Break. Yeah, let's take a break. Let's take a no, break. No, no, no. I want you to know yeah. that they said to me, you have no credibility. Yeah. You are a joke. It's fine. And we I hear that all the time. You. Let's take a break, bro. Yeah, yeah. But all I'm saying yeah. to you is you hear that all the time. I yeah. do not want your voice. What in the fricadelle could have gone wrong here? This interview had been a love affair between the two for nearly 45 minutes until that moment. I mean, even when JJ was asking this question, he was wearing a big smile on his face. He was not being confrontational, but Packing was nonplussed. She felt attacked by a joke, a journalistic buffoon. Really? Not only was she offended, she would not even let him go on a commercial break. No, no, no. I want you to know yeah. that they said to me, you have no credibility. Yeah. You are a joke. It's fine. And we I hear that all the time. You. Let's take a break, bro. Yeah, yeah. But all I'm saying yeah. to you is you hear that all the time. I yeah. do not want your voice telling the world yeah. that I'm intellectually arrogant. JJ, I need my reputation intact. Yeah. You cannot be part of the cabal yeah. That's here to destroy me after I built no, my fact, career we're here to celebrate. for so long. No, 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 no. But I'm take, being very clear let's take about a break. that. And if you don't promise, Prof, let's I'm going to have to say it yeah, here let's in take, the air. Let's take a break. We'll, you'll have a chance. I'm going to say it in air, on air if you don't say okay, it. Okay, we'll take a chance. We'll no, take no, a break. Promise to back off from this people, this No, Prof, let's take a break now. We have to pay the bills. Okay, we'll take a break. After the break, we'll give the Prof a chance. If you did not know how much this was a sweetheart interview, this moment was proof enough. Many journalists would have gone for her head, but JJ was still smiling and still begged her to take a break. He was not fighting her. I mean, what the hell went on here, guys? What could have made Parking so livid when all along she had answered many Asebi questions right from the beginning. Well, let's call that a 12 million rand question. 
This left me speculating. One, did she know the academic from UNISA that uh, referred to her as academically arrogant and was unhappy JJ was quoting them? Two, did she have an axe to grind with JJ and she was going to use it regardless of the circumstances in front of her? Three, was she tired that the interview was too nice and boring and she wanted drama? For obvious reasons, the jury was and remains divided. Those who love her were ecstatic and those who hate her felt vindicated. Make no mistake, at the best of times, JJ is a man many love to hate. He rants, he interrupts, and sometimes he screams at his guests. To his detractors, he was getting a taste of his medicine. In their words, littered all over social media, she put him in his place. But did she get to answer the question he was asking and refute the critical allegation? You be the judge. On the other side of the coin, those who believe that Parking is an arrogant bully could not have asked for more evidence. Was in complete disarray. The biggest complaint was being decisive. Mm. One thing I am is decisive. And that I will not apologize for. Yeah. Quite decisive, I must say. She even wanted to decide when JJ should take a break. For someone who claims to be a change maker, me thinks Prof. Mr. Chance to make a change here. That, folks, concludes this episode of Taking the Rams by the Horns. As you can tell, this episode did not have the same tone as the others. I could not get myself to laugh and make light of this matter, no matter how much I tried. I promise to remember my lighter side next time. Please subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Twitter at Rams by the Horns and at Sowetin Live. From me, Rams Mabote, goodbye and God bless.